0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast of your, by far and away, first place Miami Dolphins, now on the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I am Sam Marcoux. He is the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer, Mr. Christopher Lloyd Cullen. Chris, how are you doing on this 3-0 and Monday, my friend?
1: How am I doing? Uh, Sam, I'm doing amazing. We're 3-0, like you said, by far and away first place in the AFC East, and we just had one hell of an entertaining game to watch yesterday. Man, I'm uh, I'm over the moon. It was uh, it was entertaining,
0: especially in the second half, which we'll get into. But uh, it was also a lot harder and maybe more costly than I think most doll fans and citizens of Perfectville uh, were thinking going into this game. Uh, you know, we didn't do a podcast last week for various reasons. Number one, I was out of town, um, uh, but you can find Chris on the uh, Fin's Up Fans Down podcast. He was a guest host on that, so you can get all of his thoughts about our victory against the Jets. But uh, this game against the Oakland Raiders, Chris, had we had a podcast, I would have told everyone, do not sleep. On this game, because number one, it is the quintessential trap game. You're coming off of a Jets victory. You have the Patriots week four. This game sandwiched right in between against a seemingly hapless 0 2 at the time, Oakland Raiders game or Oakland Raiders team. um, Probably looked like a no brainer victory for the Miami Dolphins. However, one thing I know about John Gruden is that he always has his team prepared. And this was no different. He's very good at scripting plays early in the game. He's very good about understanding the weaknesses of the opposing team, in this case, the Miami Dolphins. And he knows how to uh, expose that, especially early, like I said. And that's exactly what happened in the first half of this game. The Oakland Raiders were absolutely dominating both sides of the ball. Uh, I was very thankful to see the Miami Dolphins only down by, I believe, three before the half. Uh, It could have been a lot worse, Chris. I mean, what are your thoughts on the first half of that game? It was very hard for me to watch that.
1: Yeah, very difficult. Um, you called it. The first half was brutal. Uh, Jordy Nelson just absolutely torching yeah, us. Destroyed us. Um, John Gruden, like you said, had a plan. He came out and he wanted with Rashad Jones out, he wanted to attack the rookie. And uh, Minka Fitzpatrick um, looked like a rookie a, a couple of times, and that's okay. That's okay. Um, he went for it all for a tackle and missed it on the big gainer. Um, and then just seemed to be out of position a couple of times, totally fixed it and adjusted, so that's fine. That's more, I think, apt to um, a benefit to this guy, a, a compliment to him, that he did start off with a couple of Band-Aids, and uh, he ended up being fine. I think he had like nine or something tackles. Um, but, yeah, John Gruden came out with a plan of action, totally uh torched us in the beginning, uh, and it looked pretty brutal. We were booing in the crowd. Um, our play calling was kind of conservative, um a lot of three and outs things like that travis wingfield mentioned on twitter that we are setting a game plan up and uh, it seemed to be like we were sacrificing drives to do so um and it, it was risky gase definitely has balls man because uh it, it ended up paying out at the end but man we look like just a uh, we were walking on empty at that point, and the Raiders were on full cylinder.
0: Yeah, you know, Travis may say that, but I, I disagree. I don't think you're ever really necessarily sacrificing an entire half of football because that game was, you know, basically a few plays away from just getting completely away from us to the point where we wouldn't have even been able to come back. Um, we did have the refs working against us late in that second half. I think we just, quite frankly, didn't know what to do with Rashad Jones out. We've said it in the past when Rashad Jones is in the game, it's completely different than when he's not. He is the MVP of this team. Defense. I mean, all due respect to Cameron Wake and people from yesteryear and this year, it's Rashad Jones or nothing. And uh, Mika Fitzpatrick, as good as he is and as talented as he's going to be for us for a very long time, uh, he looked out of position and that's no fault of his own. He's been playing uh, nickel corner for for the first part of this season and uh, having him go back and play safety on, you know, not a moment's notice, but really, that's not where he's been playing. So it made sense that they would attack that early. It made sense that they would go after him. Um, and as much as I know about John Gruden being a good uh, game planner, I also know that Adam Gase is a very good second-half adjuster. I've seen it time and time again. So I didn't really panic too much because I figured we'd come out better in the second half, which we did, and we'll get into that. But um, this this had the potential to be a disaster. Uh, for me personally, Chris, as you know, I live in the Oakland area. If I had lost, I would have to face everyone, forever for the rest of the season, all Raider fans, just uh, probably the one win they'd get all season looking at me going, ha we beat you guys. But uh, no, at the end of the day, the Miami Dolphins come back, storming back in the second half and win 28-20 to to move to 3-0. and That, coupled with yet another Patriots loss, means that they now have a two-game lead through three weeks in the AFC East. Uh, everyone else 1-2. The Buffalo Bills won against the Vikings, the Jets lose against the Browns, and the uh, <laughs> New England Patriots lose to the Detroit Lions, who were also previously winless. Um, just it, it's got to be just one of the best Mondays in recent history for the Miami Dolphins over the last few years. I can't remember the last time the Miami Dolphins had a two-game lead in the AFC East. I mean, I couldn't even fath- fathom a guess. I'm I'm going to guess maybe. Uh, I guess I will fathom a guess. Early 2000s, somewhere in the Dave Wansdade, Jay Fiedler area. Uh, you know, for 2001, 2002, 2003, something like that. It's been a long time. I know that.
1: Well, Armando Seguero had a great story today about. Um, how good teams win games like this, and this is a game. Uh, I feel like I've repeated myself now. That this is the type of season, like week one, where um, you know, week two we pretty much smoked the Jets, so there was no problem. But uh, week one, I know we had mentioned afterwards that uh, we are we weren't worried. We feel felt like we are in control. However, it was one of those games with a lot of weird uh occurrences happening and things that um normally we let get in the way and distract us and we we cause a loss. Uh, this game here against the Raiders. Same thing. Like uh, the crowd's booing. It's hot. We're playing from behind. And it just, uh, we pulled out some trick plays. We had some big plays on defense, weight, getting pressure. Xavier Howard, by the way, you mentioned Rashad Jones being the MVP. Xavier Howard's like, excuse me. Oh, yeah. Because um, he's playing lights out, and if we don't have that guy, we lose yesterday. So Xavier Howard uh, is unbelievable, playing out of his fucking mind. This guy's having a Pro Bowl season. Um, I can't believe quarterbacks keep testing this guy. Carr, uh, um, with two minutes and something left, goes uh, deep in the end zone, one-on-one trying to test him. Beautiful catch, tracked the ball perfectly, got two, two, three feet down. Unbelievable momentum changer sealing the deal for us, and that's where normally it's one or the other. The defense breaks and the offense is left losing with 39 points on the board or vice versa. The defense has a great game and the offense can't get points. It just seems like we're more balanced. Um, the offense is doing things. The defense is getting us the ball, or turnovers, or we're making touchdowns happen. So, um, it feels good. It's a feel-good Monday, like you said. Two-game lead, unbelievable head start to start this season. Um, and we're shutting a lot of people up, a lot of national attention now. Like uh, Tannehill's getting uh, spoken about for early MVP candidacy, of course, comeback player of the year. People are talking about Xavier Howard and Pro Bowl, and of course, um, the discussion of us being three and zero in the AFC East and the Patriots kind of tripping up a little bit. This is just been a fucking fun 3 weeks start, Sam. It's been great. <laughs> I think
0: I speak for all citizens of Perfectville and Dolph fans everywhere around the world when I say fuck the national media and their bullshit bandwagon jumping ways. You and I have predicted them to win every single se- every single game of this season so far, even if We're we didn't not have wrong it. Yet. We're not wrong yet. So go ahead and jump on and hold on to our nut hairs as we go to first place, even further beyond this. Fuck the national media. I'm sick of them. I don't know why anyone had ever listened to anything on ESPN, NFL Network, or any other Yahoo Sports, NBC Sports. Fuck them. The only people you need to listen to are everybody here on uh, Perfectville, Dolphins talk com and all your favorite bloggers and podcasters that follow the miami dolphins day in day out that's all you need everybody else just trash as far as i'm concerned uh speaking of trash though chris looking at this game just looking at the stats if you did not know the score you would swear that the raiders won this game they had 25 first downs to r13 they had 434 total yards to r373 we both had a total of 11 drives overall um they had uh 109 yards rushing to our 41. They had eight penalties for 38 yards. We had nine penalties for 74 yards, uh, just up and down time of possession, 38 minutes and change for the Oakland Raiders, 21 minutes and change for the Miami dolphins. Looking at just the raw stats, you would go, Oh my God, the dolphins got boat raced out of this game. Uh, but that's not the case mainly because of the things you just talked about. We had two turnovers, which completely changed the momentum of this game. And if you look at yards per play, and this is what blew my mind, Chris yards per play, uh, The Miami Dolphins actually had 9.6 yards per play. We're talking chunk yardage. You're talking every single play that we had on offense almost netted a first down in terms of on average. That is unbelievable to me. Uh, Now, of course, we only had 39 total plays to the Oakland Raiders 74. Uh, So what they did is they basically made it count every single time they were out there. And, of course, those are skewed just a little bit by the shovel passes, which I think should be counted as run plays, but that's not for me to decide. Uh, But Ryan Tannehill... 289 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, uh, a passer rating of like 155 or something like that on the game. Uh, Albert Wilson with a perfect 158.3 with the crazy trick play, and uh, I got I got to admit to you, man, I I don't think. Going into this game plan, um, that Miami was was setting up any trick plays. I don't think Miami planned on even using those trick plays. But I do think Adam Gase, to his credit, looked at this team and said, "We're not going to win this game running the ball. We're just not." We, we, I think Frank Gore had six rushes for twelve yards, and the last one is what he got he actually got like five yards on that last rush. Um, Kenyon Drake, non-existent we knew that we had to pass the ball with Ryan Tannehill. The Oakland Raiders knew that, and they started gearing in on him. You needed to do something to shift uh, the responsibility of the defense to look at somebody else, and that trick play that they pulled in that fourth quarter was exactly that, and that's what actually I think that was probably – I'm going to guess. I'm willing to bet that that play was – in the coffers for the New England Patriots when we were going to play them Week Four, but Adam Gase reading the situation said, "You know what? I got to use this now. If I'm going to win this game, I can't worry about the Patriots. I got to focus on the Oakland Raiders because they are giving us a fight." And he pulled it out. And to his credit, uh, all the all the players executed flawlessly, and uh, here we are, just rooting and cheering three and zero with a two game lead three weeks into the season.
1: Yeah, how entertaining. Like, it went from being a somber mood in my man cave to uh, we were just going ballistic. I mean, the interceptions and then you're talking like a jet sweep to to Grant for a touchdown, um, a jet sweep um, to Albert Wilson for a touchdown, and the high five at the end was absolutely just gold, one of the greatest moments in our franchise. Uh, I I say recent history. I know I mentioned that to you last night uh, while we were texting each other, but that was just One of the coolest moments that made – and and here's the best thing, Sam, and I'm like being a stickler here. Um, I've seen people standing still in high five and like do that awkward, like you half hit their hand and it kind of awkwardly goes past. Like they were running full speed in a game in front of 70,000 people away from guys trying to murder them, and they perfectly placed their hands in a high-five that was just absolutely 10 out of 10 textbook high-five while sprinting. These guys are unbelievable. Um, I'm, I'm glad he's having success success in Cleveland, but we are not missing Jarvis Landry at all with uh, the way Gase has made these guys a part of this offense. Parker did not hurt um, our, our game planning or anything like that with how we did things. Parker got his... Wilson got his, Grant got his, Stills got his, even Gasicki three catches, 30 yards, I mean, 10 yards a catch. That's just fucking unbelievable, and that's the stuff we are talking about, what Gase wanted. um, It's just been unreal in that play there, and then, of course, the belly-type handoff to Gore who pitches it to Wilson. Tannehill seals the defensive end, and Wilson makes an amazing throw to Grant, Um Fun fact, Sam, I don't know if you saw this, but Grant and Wilson have a bet all season with each other that they will have to pay the other one $100 in cash if they are tackled in the open field. So these guys are just like, got the chemistry they it, it's unbelievable the Dolphins tweeted speed thrills and it's so true um, that was just one of the more magnificent plays I've ever seen Sam and it sealed the deal it was just so much fun to be a fan to watch that
0: that's not a fair bet Albert Wilson's making way more money than Jakeem Grant I think Jakeem <laughs> Grant should have to pay a dollar for every hundred dollars that Albert Wilson is uh, is, uh, is getting after what the national media called the worst contract in the offseason mm. um, doesn't look like that right now you know what I mean it just it just looks like money well spent and uh, if I could Steal a term from baseball. Uh, we kind of rebuilt Jarvis Landry in the aggregate. You know, this is kind of like the Oakland A's moneyball era where, you know, Jason Giambi's gone, but if you can go get yourself uh, some play, players like Scott Hatterberg and somebody else who can get on base, if we can get people that can just get in the end zone and get first downs, and we've done that with Danny Amendola, we've done that with uh, Albert Wilson, we've done that with Jakeem Grant in terms of keeping with him for season three here and seeing what he can actually do and contribute on this offense. And uh, credit to Devontae Parker. We've been hard on him. We had an entire episode not too long ago where we just trashed him completely and I I said the odds were not good that he would end the season with the Miami Dolphins. He had a fantastic catch. I think he had two or three catches on the season or on the um well, on the season as well, but in the game but one of them 36 36- 37 yards, whatever it turned out to be, the longest play at that point um, of the day for the Miami Dolphins. And that's what he brings, a big body that can, if he can shield the defender, can grab the ball and and, and give you what you need. Um, Just a fantastic game plan in the second half. I give all the credit in the world to Adam Gase. I give all the credit in the world to uh, the Miami Dolphins on offense. The defense. You know, it looks shaky early. They let the Oakland Raiders walk up and down the field. Marshawn Lynch, ah, why this guy ever retired, I don't know. This guy looks like he could play for another 5 years just bulldozing people. He made Mika Fitzpatrick on one tackle attempt look like a child. Um, and that's not a that's not a knock on Mika Fitzpatrick as much as it is praise for Marshawn Lynch. I mean, the guy's just a beast. And uh you know, it, it's one of those things where, Chris, we got the win. It was kind of like a a, a nice fresh of breath there. Oh, my God. We came back from behind in the fourth quarter, won. Um, we have a two-game lead, but it's a very costly victory, Chris. As you know, uh, we are now down. Um, one of our starters and one of our playmakers on defense, William Hayes, goes down with a knee injury after sacking Derek Carr and in trying to adhere to the new bullshit rules that the NFL has put out, Tries to not put all of his weight on the quarterback. Instead, puts it on his leg. His leg gets caught in the turf, and he tears his ACL out for the season. Uh, what are your thoughts on the big man making a play, going out on a sword, as they say, but gone for the rest of the season?
1: Yeah, crushing loss for that because um, he's an eccentric guy. He's the one, you know, the whole doesn't believe dinosaurs existed but believes in mermaids. So when he made the sack at first, I thought he was celebrating. <laughs> I thought he was, like, celebrating doing a yeah. mermaid or a fish. Like I totally agree. In the end
0: zone. I totally agree. <laughs>
1: And then uh, my brother's like, okay, he's being this is excessively long. Like, I think he's really hurt. And I'm like, oh fuck, he's he's holding his knee. At first, I'm like laughing, thinking he's celebrating. And then, um, yeah, he's out for the year. It's it's bullshit. Clay Matthews has been screwed a few times. Um, national media picked up um, William Hayes' injury and Trey Wingo and Richard Sherman even uh, yep. like kind of tweeted about it about how um, it's just bullshit. The, these new rules of protecting the quarterbacks are getting too far and now the guys, are, it's in the back of their mind. They don't want a penalty, especially in that situation. It's third and long, way backed up to our end zone. If he lands full weight, or whatever you want to call it, on Derek Carr, it's a beautiful play, and they're going to you know, throw a flag there. Like It's just absolutely ridiculous. He ends up overcompensating, put his leg down, and the momentum tore the ligament. Um, he's out. Akeem Spence makes a fucking stupid-ass decision to rip a helmet off of a guy, and we thought uh, it should have been a stop on third down. Uh, all of a sudden, it turns into an eight-and-a-half-minute drive because Akeem Spence gets kicked out. Uh, Hayes goes down. Branch is hurt and is going to miss a few weeks. Like you said, costly game, costly victory. Uh, but luckily, we have depth with Charles Harris uh, and the likes of that uh, and Quinn and Wake. So um, it just was a brutal injury for William Hayes, I feel, for the guy. But, man, these rules suck. And that's, of course, going to be a podcast for another time.
0: Yeah, I mean at some point the NFL and the players the players uh union has to look out for somebody other than a quarterback. I mean at some point when do we just put a red shirt on the quarterback and say, you can't hit him? You know, if you touch him, it's a sack, but you can't hit him. That's where the league is going. I mean, they're trying to protect their stars. I get it. You know, the, the the league makes the most amount of money from its players at the quarterback position, but it's not fair. I mean, it's not fair to somebody like William Hayes, who's been working his ass off and has been playing lights out for the last couple of seasons, quite frankly, to have to get himself injured and possibly lose not only parts of his career, but parts of uh, money. You know, uh, co- guaranteed contracts in the in, in the NFL just aren't really there unless you're Cousins. It's it's ridiculous that they won't protect other players. And I have a feeling that at the end of the year, they're going to have to re, reevaluate this rule because if people start getting hurt because they're trying to not hurt other people, it's a bad rule. And at this point for the Miami Dolphins, unfortunately, it's a bad rule that's hurting our people. Speaking of bad things, uh, it seemed like every sack we had in this game, you just alluded to it, William Hayes. And then of course, Cameron Waite gets his sack, which might, was that his first of the year? Chris? Yes, it was, yeah. It was his first of the year. Everyone's happy. It ends the drive. It looks like momentum is going back to Miami, Uh, but seemingly every single time the Miami Dolphins had a sack in this game, something bad happened, Uh, whether it's the William Hayes injury or, in this case, Akeem Spence getting pushed to the ground and, as he goes to the ground, rips the helmet off of the Oakland Raiders player. He gets caught. He gets thrown out, and then all of a sudden, the defensive line, which had all this depth, is razor, razor thin for the rest of the game, and uh, wouldn't you know it, the September heat and humidity almost cost the Miami Dolphins a game as opposed to giving them a game Um, credit to conditioning and credit to the rest of the guys on that line uh, with Devon Godshout leading the way as well as a few others there that just stepped up when they needed to and made plays time and time again Um, what an incredible performance by the leftovers but
1: uh, what do you think of Akeem Spence getting thrown out of this game early Uh, just selfish completely selfish uh, Ken Wake gets a sack. You get pushed down. Get up and play football. You know, I tweeted it out. I make stop with a bullshit antics afterwards. Uh, I get being chippy or whatever, get in the guy's face, say something, but to rip his helmet off and the guy, of course, smartly did not retaliate. So um, it's not offsetting penalties. All of a sudden you just give them a first down. You gift them a first down when we had this big, you know, we needed that stop. The defense needed that stop and it just seemed like we weren't getting off the field. And in that heat, Um, we are keeping their offense uh, on the field and their defense fresh, and that's just not what that's not a recipe for victory. So it was just a horrible play. I'm sure Wake had had a talk with him and the other veterans. He's a veteran himself. Um, it's just not a good look, especially with Branch and Hayes then getting hurt. Uh, but kudos, like you said, Taylor stepped up and had a sack. Uh, QB pressure bunch of tackles the guy was just a monster and it's like when I tell my kids when I coach uh, if, if you don't start it doesn't mean you don't have the opportunity to show something when you get a chance to get on the field and that's what Taylor did he stepped up when we needed him and I can definitely see a Kendall Langford getting a call uh, ah, the next day
0: or so <laughs> took the words out of my mouth I was going to ask you where do the Miami Dolphins go from here because William Hayes you're not just going to find him on the roster at this point are they going to go sign a street free agent somebody that was in training camp a la Kendall Langford or do, do I mean it did happen before the trade that Do the Miami Dolphins feel confident enough right now where they should go trade for maybe not a name, but somebody where they can uh, maybe spend a little bit of late round draft capital and get into this rotation that fits what they want to do here on defense? Uh, I think you might have answered my question there for me. So you think Kendall Langford or somebody like him is getting a call and coming in this week?
1: Yeah, I would see. I would like to see it. I don't know what shape he's in or uh, whatnot, but I would like to see maybe uh, give a call to uh, Jared Odrick, see Mm. what he's doing. I know he left the Jaguars a year or two ago, so I'm not sure if he's in the league or if he's even, uh, you know, anticipating playing. Uh, I'm not sure. Those are two names I can think of. Former Dolphins as well, but I I would totally see it making a trade. Why not? I mean, we're three and zero. If Adam Gase thinks. That this team has a chance to make a run here and go deep into the playoffs and have a successful season, uh, you have to. You have to make that call because it branches out for two to four weeks. Hayes is gone. Uh, Keem Spence got suspended, but he'll be or kicked out of the game, but he'll be back. But we, we still are very thin after losing Sue, and uh, we we got Charles Harris and um, what Quinn and Wake. That's about it for our defensive ends. So it's it's one of those things that we are absolutely going to have to find somebody uh, either on the free agent market or uh, make a trade to a team.
0: Yeah, Jared Odrick is currently a free agent. He might be uh, getting back into shape by doing the Pee Wee Herman dance on a treadmill as we speak. (laughs) Um, Yeah, either of them or somebody else. I mean, they got to get somebody else in that rotation. They just cannot afford to have that thin of a rotation or or just, you know, go forward and and maybe fill that spot with another roster player at a different position. They're going to have to... have to address. The maybe we can get end. rid of
1: one of our four fucking quarterbacks that we're still keeping on our <laughs> roster. How is that a thing, Sam? There, there's two of them that are inactive every week. I don't understand what Adam Gase is doing here, and uh, th- that has to be a change coming up with the guys we've lost already in the first three weeks, wouldn't you say? I, I, I mean,
0: safe money says that uh, we're not going to house four quarterbacks going forward, but then again, I mean, everything that I've questioned against Adam Gase so far this season has proven me wrong, so what do I know? I mean, maybe we need four quarterbacks for some reason or another, although I don't think anybody else is going to get any Time as long as Ryan Tannehill continues to do what he's doing. Um, at this point, you know, I, I want to get back to Xavier Howard. You know what? Let's just stick with defense and then we'll talk about Ryan Tannehill and wrap this up here. But uh, uh,
1: player of the game has it, got to be Xavier Howard, right? We agree on that. Oh, for sure. For defense, if we want to be specific, and of course, mention Grant or Wilson, but uh, Howard, man, what a, he ha, it has to be. He has a deep uh touchdown ball, which uh, Mari Cooper just gave up on, by the way. Yeah, that was hilarious. So Carr just threw it in triple coverage, and then um, that interception to seal the game with two minutes left was fucking lights out, unbelievable.
0: Yeah, I, Amari Cooper, by the way, is uh, Raider fans feel about Amari Cooper the way we feel about Devontae Parker, except for the fact that I think Amari Cooper even has more talent than Devontae Parker, but just doesn't seem to be able to put it together consistently week in, week out. Uh, Got to be frustrating as a Raider fan watching that, um, you know, that effort, if you want to call it that. But Xavier Howard, defensive player of the week. Uh, I would. I actually agree with you. I think since they slapped hands, you might as well put Jakeem Grant and Albert Wilson as the offensive players of the week here for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, and Even though he's injured, I think this is week three where the Miami Dolphins get to uh, to scream a la Andre Branch. Body bag, because we beat the Oakland Raiders, moved to 3-0. and uh, But going back to Xavier and Howard, I, I know your thoughts on him, but do you think that he finally, not that I give a shit, but do you think he finally gets national media attention as a bona fide number one shutdown, lockdown corner?
1: He has to. He he absolutely has to. I, somebody put out a stat. I think he has like eight interceptions in the last ten games or something crazy like that. He's already picked off Tom Brady multiple times. Um, he what does he have four pick four picks in three games? I think this three. Year?
0: I think three so far this year. But he's leading the league. I know that.
1: I mean, it's fucking unbelievable. And not only he's picking off like he's not picking off just um you know what's his name the backup for the Titans. Like he had Mariota. Yep. He picked off in the back of the end zone. He Gabbert. picked off David Carr twice. I mean, just unbelievable the kind of guys that he's intercepting. Um, He's giving up something absolutely asinine, like fucking 40% completion percentage or even lower than that, uh, or six yards per pass against him. He's just unbelievably... Locking down that one side, and and it's frustrating to see the other side when uh, leaves a healthy scratch when he was a starter last year and McTire can't cover anybody. Mm. McCain even got burned a couple of times. We need to shore that up. But Xavier Howard, good Lord, I don't understand how a quarterback will even throw his way. And it's going to be interesting to see if he takes away Josh Gordon on Sunday uh, with uh, with, uh, Edelman still out from suspension or if um, they move him around some and see what Matt Burke does there.
0: Well, I think Xavier Howard is one of those talents where he can actually just, you know, cover half the field or he can cover an individual player. And I'm not sure if you put him on Josh Gordon or if you put him with Gronkowski or if you let Mika Fitzpatrick or or Jerome Baker or somebody run with Gronkowski. But we'll talk about the New England Patriots week four on our second episode of Perfectville later this week. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, we did not... We were not here last week, but we've got two episodes coming up this week for you here on Perfectville. This one we're focusing on the Raider beatdown. Yeah, I'm going to call it a beatdown, um, especially in this in the fourth quarter of the second half in particular here, Chris. Uh, so we have Xavier Howard. We finally have a number a true number one shutdown corner. We have Rashad Jones when he comes back, one of the best safeties in the NFL. You've got Mika Fitzpatrick, who's probably the most talented and most productive rookie uh, going here in 2018. On offense, you have Albert Wilson, Jakeem Grant. You've got Danny Amendola in the middle. You have Mike Gisicchi finally starting to get into the routine and rhythm like we expected him to. I think you and I both expected him to start slow, especially with all these weapons, and then kind of come on late and be one of those favorite targets for Ryan Tannehill down the down the. On the stretch um but really this offense this team is only as good as ryan Tannehill allows them to be uh this is not the rpo not the run pass option this is the rto this is the ryan Tannehill offense mm-hmm. as far as i'm concerned that is what they should be calling this because this entire thing is catered to match his strengths like i talked about previously uh what are your thoughts on ryan
1: Tannehill through three weeks i mean uh, i think i know but uh just just lay it out on the line for <laughs> me Dude, I'm loving him. I'm, I'm loving him. This is exactly what we wanted. We knew he was not going to take the, take this game for granted. Uh, being out all of last year, we knew seeing the success he was having early with Adam Gase in his first year that after being in the building with this guy for three, his third year now, um, that he's going to come out with the weapons he has, and they're going to make sure they cater the offense to him. Adam Gase, I, I got on him early for his play calling yesterday. Uh, and I'll continue to do so. There's a lot of conservative stuff I do not agree with. I think you need to pull the trigger what, a little You don't bit like more. running
0: with first and 20? You don't like uh, <laughs> yeah. a, a dive play on first and 20? screens 20,
1: over and over again <laughs> and not letting – and, and my thing is, like, let Ryan throw the ball. Like, let him I, – I think he's earned his trust at this point. Seven touchdowns, two picks, uh, 54 of 74, 73% completion percentage, Sam. And yeah, he's got a good. 121.8 rating. I mean, that's pro Bowl number 700 yards almost. Um and he's running the ball. He's running the ball at yeah. the perfect time when he needs to. That run yesterday, uh, out of the end zone to get that first down and it just like it, that's the kind of shit right there that his teammates and you can see it, Sam, you can see it when they play. They love the guy. He's making throws, his linemen are hugging him, they're slapping his head, he's posing for pitchers. Fuck you, Omar Kelly, with the uh, guys guy celebrating in the end zone, with Albert Wilson, these guys are talking him up like a million bucks and he's making the throws. That throw to stills. Yesterday for a touchdown, could not, could not, not Dan Marino, not Elway, not Unitas, could not have been any better. He stepped up in the pocket through it gave stills just enough room by the way that wall is way too close way too close <laughs> back of the end zone. jesus christ that old man got like leg whipped in the face and uh stills i was fucking terrified he took a big hit there and was possibly concussed but he was okay dusting himself off but it reminded me of that chargers throw a couple of years back sam that yeah. fucking pinpoint accuracy is iconic that is an iconic throw that is not a throw that just happens on a whim not even in the nfl that throw um And then the throw to Parker down the sideline as well um where you put it on the money on the run in between two defenders, safety over the top, and even the throw to Parker earlier too before that where Parker I think should have came down with the pass. It was a deep ball, kind of yep. like a skinny post that Parker needs to fight for a little bit more, but I'm not going to give him shit for it. uh Perfect throw. This guy's intermediate, mid-time, and uh, deep throws have been just unreal, and I think it's laughable, laughable that a few years ago when Mike Wallace was on the team – all he was shit on for was his deep ball passing and how bad he is. This guy has just shown up and he got literally mentioned in the top five and MVP conversation right now. Like in three games, I know it's early, three games, but Sam. He's playing lights out, and yeah, I know we kind of can joke on like the runs that he kind of pitched for, count as passes, but you know what? If he threw a fucking quick screen out to the left and they broke a 70-yard run, he'd still get credit for it, so I'm not going to really hate on it too much. Those numbers over the season, over and over, um, a 54 of 74 is not just quick pitches. Like This guy is making good throws, only two picks, and that's in one game. He's had two clean games of interceptions already. Um, he's back, and he's playing his ass off, man.
0: This is by far his best game of the season, because even in that Jets game, he had a couple of bad fumbles uh, that really didn't need to happen, uh, even though he didn't have any interceptions there. So this game was very, very clean. Uh, If you remember on that Kenny Stills touchdown, he actually got hit by a wall of defenders um, coming in up the middle. Uh, Ironically enough, we almost lost Ryan Tannehill to a wall of defenders, and we almost lost (laughs) Kenny Stills to an actual wall. Uh, Could have been a very costly touchdown, but uh, both of them are uh, no worse for wear, although Kenny Stills is now petitioning to have that wall pushed back a little bit, Um, and i I happen to agree with him. Nobody's even sitting in those luxury seats right there. So why don't you go ahead and move that back, Mr. Stephen Ross. You're a player's owner. uh, Make that happen before we come back. Turn
1: it into a ball pit or something.
0: Yeah, just yeah, make it nerf so it's fun or something, you know. Or big Can you tramp- imagine Stills catches that and just knees and slides into like a giant ball pit? That'd be hilarious. Can you imagine if it was a trampoline? So when he catches it with that much momentum, he just bounced it in and then just flies all the way to the other end zone. Like now slam that-
1: ball. Do you remember that shit?
0: <laughs> oh, oh my God, slam ball would be amazing. Let's just have a slam ball touchdown celebration after every single <laughs> Kenny Stills running like a maniac in the wall touchdown grab. Uh, I would love that. Uh, you know what? I don't. I don't think we need to go any further. I think. Uh, any, any podcast that ends with a slam ball reference, Chris, uh, is ending on a high note. Um, we'll talk about the New England Patriots. We'll talk about all things Miami Dolphins later uh, this week. in Perfectville, but for right now, Chris, three games in, three games won, and two games up on the division. Miami Dolphins finally getting some respect from the national media, finally getting the recognition for the fans that the fans so desperately need after following this team for so many goddamn lousy years. Uh, Who knows where the rest of the season's going to take us? We have a big test against the Patriots in New England Week 4 against a pissed-off, twice-losing in a row New England Patriots team, but uh, for right now, Chris, all is good in Miami. William Hayes, get well soon. Uh, anything else you want to talk about on this episode
1: of Perfectville, Chris? Now, a quick shout-out to Mike and Noah. Thank you for having me on the show, Fins Up, Fans Down. That was a blast. Uh, I love that uh, the, that product and the type of show they have is fantastic. So that was great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you can check out Fins Up, Fans Down,
0: starring Chris Cullen on the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network, along with the Daily Dolphins Talk Podcast, and of course, Perfectville, or as you know us, welcome to perfectville.com. Chris, with that said, congratulations on your team being in first place all by themselves on a two-game lead three weeks into the NFL season. And with that, goodbye from Perfectville. Later.